Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hand. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work For Him Zone. I hope you're never the same. Every day on the I Work For Him show, it is our desire to challenge the way you think about your faith and your work. Today, we're talking about helping leaders find the clarity they require to fulfill their quest for a meaningful life. We have on the line with us today, Dr. Charles Haley with LifeServe Limited joining us for our discussion. Charles, welcome to I Work For Him. Thank you, Jim. It's grateful. I'm just grateful to have you on the air today. You're calling in today from the Chicago area, correct? That's correct. Wheaton, Illinois. Now, isn't the 4th of July weekend, that, is that also Taste of Chicago or not? Yeah, not the same period of time. I forget, but it's coming up. I know it's coming up. It's an incredible event, and it's one of those events you never want to drive into town to experience. That's hey, right. I had a verse today from Proverbs 7, 27, 17. Iron sharpens iron. And one man sharpens another. Life Serve Limited. You've got all kinds of information on your website. I want to hear all about it today. But first, before we get into our conversation about how we can impact leaders with the clarity that they require to fulfill their quest for a meaningful life, I want to know, Charles, how is Jesus Christ making an impact on your life today? Jim, I've been a Christian now for more than five decades, and I cannot tell you the level uh, of excitement and motivation that I have after all that time. Uh, Philippians 1, uh, for me to live is Christ. But just in this week, I've been using Galatians 2.20 to help to encourage some ongoing changes that I need. 
uh, Galatians 2.20, where the Apostle says, It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me in the life which I now live in the place. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So this day is another wonderful day uh, with the Lord, and I'm very thankful for it. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I mean, it is, it is, this is the day that the Lord has made. And that's why I just want, there's been so much anxiety and stress amongst Christ followers in this country in the last week since the ruling from the Supreme Court. And enough is enough. Because our God is sovereign. Our God was not surprised by that ruling, and really, we shouldn't have been surprised as well. And he is in control, and he is the Lord. He created the universe. This little blip of people snubbing their nose at our Heavenly Father is not going to change who he is. And for that, we are extraordinarily grateful. And, and But it should change who we as a church are in this country, and how we reach out to people, because the church just walked away from culture 60 years ago. And because we withdrew from culture, the culture withdrew from God. And, and I'm, just, I'm just tired of people whining and complaining about, wow, the whole culture's walked away from Jesus. Guess what? It's because the culture walked, Jesus' culture walked away from it first. So anyway, I, I just, I, I want, I, I've got teed up for coming back in after the next bottom of the, or at the, after the next commercial break. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world because we just need to be reminded about that. Charles, you've been married a very long time, and I always like to talk to business leaders about how their business impacted their marriage and allowed them to stay married and also to have an incredible flock of children. And you've got four children and 11 grandchildren. You got any great-grandchildren yet or still working on that? Yeah, our family's up to 31 now. <laughs> That's incredible. That's incredible. So what was the success, what the secret to the success of your marriage while you work a very busy life today? Well, I would say, uh, you know, you never give you the complete answer you would like. But first of all, commitment. Uh, love is more than an emotion. Uh, it involves commitment uh, one to the other. And then uh, perseverance. Uh, my wife and I have attempted to persevere in not only our uh, family lives, but in all aspects. And then the grace, the guidance, and provision from the Lord. And then also we got instruction along the way. I went to Dallas Theological Seminary, and uh, Howard Hendricks and others uh, helped to uh, give some information that's really been helpful in raising our family. That's cool. So you, you went to which seminary did you go to? Uh, Dallas Theological Seminary. I got distracted for a second. I apologize, Charles. That was rude of me. I apologize. Okay, so you went to Dallas, but you didn't stay there. You went back up north. Were you from Illinois originally? Yes, yes. Uh, most of my life was spent in Illinois. That's correct. So the question then, you've, you've got these four children, 11 grandchildren, and you got even more. How many great-grandchildren does that make? So that's 2, 6, 16, 17. That means you got 13 great-grandchildren? Hey, uh, well, no, we've got 12 grandchildren and then six greats and then there we have married of course oh, sure okay so so have any of your kids followed in your footsteps in the ministry today well jim let me give you a quick rundown uh we'll go from youngest to the old oldest our youngest son uh preaches frequently at one of the famous churches in the country is on a couple of international christian boards and travels internationally and then also has is developing a retreat center in the northern Shenandoah and has a network uh, of ministries in northern Virginia. Uh, has four wonderful children, and uh, his wife is also active uh, 
in, in a very broad ministry. Number two, our oldest son is returning from Haiti in the next day or so. He's a senior pastor in Wisconsin and has led numerous uh, medical mission trips to uh, Haiti. And then number three, our youngest daughter uh, just received a uh, graduate degree and uh, is working in the field of social uh, work, and she and her husband will be, um, we can't give information yet, but they will be, uh, co- they'll be owners of a well-known counseling center here, Christian Counseling Center in the Chicago area. Number four, oldest daughter, is a, is a well-known author, Ruth Haley Barton, uh, publishes for InterVarsity, and uh, also speaks across the country and uh, has an organization called the Transforming Center in which uh, Christian leaders, pastors, etc., uh, meet together on a cycle in three- or four-day retreats. So Ruth Haley Barton, is she married to that famous Barton guy? Uh, no, she's the most famous in her family. <laughs> okay, all right, you know, just because there's other, you know, there's another famous guy named Barton. Okay, so that's incredible. What a legacy that that you've left, these following in your footsteps. And, it, and so the impact not only in church-related ministries, but business-related ministries goes on generation and generation and generation. You've got all the, you got these six great-grandchildren, and I know you're probably praying for them by name uh, each and every day. What a, how cool it must be, how rewarding it must be for you to be able to just see your kids thrive in their faith. Well, you are absolutely correct, and uh, we feel incredibly blessed and humbled uh, by this fact. Uh, it's just been really great to see. You know, you're so passionate about helping leaders connect their faith in the workplace. And, and, I, and I, as I perused through your books and reviewed them before today's interview, where did you learn to connect your workplace and your faith? Because there's a, a lot of us that grew up in church, didn't learn it at church. And, and we're having to bring it back to the church and say, hey, our workplace is our ministry. We need to be equipped on how to take our ministry there, how to take the gospel there each and every day. Where did you learn to connect that? Well, I, uh, just as yourself, Jim, I unexpectedly uh, became a staff member for an organization called the Fellowship of Companies for Christ International. FCCI. I've had some people on from FCCI before. I'm not surprised, whether Buck Jacobs, who lives in Florida, or otherwise. Um, and part of my call, one day uh, as I was considering being a part of this ministry, you would never guess, I saw a bum walking down the street next to our home. And I immediately said, Dear Lord, I believe that bum is as important as some of the heavy hitters in Chicago. And then it dawned on me that bum would have six, eight, ten social service agencies and many of those Christians that would help him, and that the average president of a company, CEO, or owner of a company had very little resources uh, compared to that fellow walking down the street. And that was part of my call. Uh, to become committed to serving uh, Christian leaders in business. So explain that a little bit different. You're, you're saying the, the guy that was a homeless guy is walking the street. He's got access to all kinds of resources to help him out if he's if that's something that he desires. He or she desires that's a, that's a homeless person. You're saying that the average Christian leader doesn't have a lot of those resources out there chasing them down to equip them. Is that what you're saying? Yes, that's correct. So you, you understood that those guys, those Christian leaders, needed to be equipped in order to run their businesses as, obviously to run them in a business fashion, but obviously to re- also to recognize that it's their ministry. How do you, how did you get started doing that training? Well, 
First of all, uh, as I joined the staff of the Fellowship of Companies for Christ, um, I was given training, you know, attended conferences, met with other staff people, and so on. So it was, I was just uh, really equipped in a great way. And then as I was a practitioner for a decade, uh, I learned a great deal and eventually narrowed that focus to what I'm doing now, primarily one-on-one mentoring with uh, a group downstate in Illinois and retreats during the course of a year. So the one-on-one mentoring gives you a lot of exposure to, to business leaders and exactly how they're struggling in the workplace, the kind of resources that they need to be encouraged in the workplace. I mean, it's that's you, you end up being a great big resource and an encouragement for them, I imagine. Well, it is really exciting, and I have a broad spectrum, and I hope during the course of this um, interview that I get a chance to be a little more specific with some of the uh, men that I'm sharing and serving. Well, let's get started. Why don't you just talk about LifeServe Limited is your is the ministry. It's what it's called, and they can go online and find it at LifeServe. I forgot to write it down. LifeServe.com. LifeServeLTD.com. LifeServeLTD.com. Talk about what, what caused you to start that ministry. Okay, very good. Before I do that, by the way, uh, Jim, we're upgrading. We'll soon make a very uh, great change in our website, and we will have 30 pages or so of materials available from LifeServe, uh, the manual that we've developed over a course of years, etc. So uh, very soon we hope to have a, uh, a greatly enhanced website. So what led me to do this? Jim, as I look back over my life and ministry, one of the passions that has driven me is how to build into the lives of others. And by the way, if you're looking at spiritual gifts, uh, we could put teaching, exhortation would be two of those gifts that are involved. But that has driven me over many years. How can I build into the lives of others to help them grow and develop spiritually? So... um, I had already had a circle of contacts among business leaders, and I uh, narrowed that focus down and attempted to develop a curriculum and an approach uh, to leverage uh, the impact on Christian business leaders with the time that we have to spend with them. So is that what, the, when you state on your website that you work with business owners and leaders to help them find clarity so they can find specific, specified meaning of life, is that what you're talking about? You, you work specifically to help them find that meaning that they, how, for them to lead exactly how God created them? Yes, we, the, the driving force is we want the Christian business leader to grow and develop as a follower of Christ, professionally in the, his professional life and also personally, and we have developed a, uh, a curriculum and an approach to do that. Okay, so let's talk about that uh, that approach. I know that you've got, on the website, you've got these turning points. Right. Is that what you're talking about, these things that you, this curriculum that you've designed in order to help them walk through this? Is that what you're talking about, these turning points? Oh, let me just give you, there are... Uh, really four basic areas. Um, The first thing we do is simply to listen. Um, A lot of people who run companies don't have a lot of people who really want to hear their hearts. And I say it doesn't take a genius to listen, but to listen to someone is one of the greatest gifts that we sometimes can give. The second thing we do, we have an underlying curriculum of basic areas, 
that we work through, um, and these basic areas help to determine the success or failure of a Christian business leader. And then the third thing we do is we develop them in their use of the Bible. Many business leaders and many people today, even though they've been, they're a serious, committed Christian, are basically biblically illiterate. Uh, I did a fun experiment on my two sons. Uh, they're both seminary graduates. Um, and I said, you know, I think in today's modern seminaries, we come out sometimes with seminary graduates who are somewhat biblically illiterate because there are so many disciplines that you have to master in a modern seminary course. Well, that's I, it, that, i got to stop you right there because we got to take a break. And there's a lot of things, people, a lot of things that pastors come out of seminary not understanding uh, because the seminary star didn't know that they needed to equip pastors that way. It's time for a book highlight segment. We're going to highlight three of his books. Our book highlight segment is brought to you by Karis Christian Books and Gifts by Dr. Charles Haley. These books have been written by him, by his, all, they got all of his heart in there. And we're going to talk about it the second half of the show, but right now I'm giving away three of his books. Long-Term Change in a Quick Fix World, Beyond Leadership to Destiny, and Praise in the Time Stream of Our Lives, Wisdom from Starbucks and Other Vantage Points. Charles, you got 30 seconds. You want to explain these books to people? <laughs> well, yes, in three minutes, but I'll do my best in, in 30 seconds. A long-term change in a quick-fix world, an overview of the basic elements of the Christian life. I checked about 700 books, glanced through them on the Christian life, didn't see anything similar. Beyond Leadership to Destiny, How God Took a Lifetime and Jacob to Fit His Life Together from Womb to Tomb. And then thirdly, Praise in the Time Stream of Our Lives, How Praise Can Become an Integral Part of the Way We Live Day by Day. Oh, I love I love that, that God took a lifetime to build, to really to take Jacob from where he was to where God could use him. And the good news is Jacob took that relationship into eternity. And that's a lot of things that the Christians really miss that. They think, well, I'm not making an impact for Christ. I'm 50 years old or I'm 60 years old. It's okay. God's not done with you. And he's never going to be done with you in this world, in this on this earth. But the relationship that you establish with him here on this planet, you get to take with you into eternity. It's the only thing we get to take with us. That's why it's so important that we establish that relationship. And so the, I love that. I, I love the theory behind that, or the, the uh, not the theory, the, the, the reason behind that book, Beyond Leadership to Destiny, because Jacob was a selfish, self-centered man that God took to be the leader of Israel. Well, he became Israel. I mean, it, it's, that's an incredible story. It is indeed. Um, for about a half century and more, uh, evangelicals have really missed a lot of the major impact of Jacob's life. There's a model of how God works in a leader's life from womb to tomb. Uh, if you look carefully uh, at Jacob's life. Today we're talking with Dr. Charles Haley with LifeServe Limited. We really just got started with the conversation. We've gone back and forth a lot about the perspective on where Charles got all this information. And so, Charles, as we come back to the show, I really, you, you, it listed off three points, three things that you always focus on with leaders. I want to get the fourth point. Let's, let's review the first three points. Listen to their hearts. You've got curriculum and basic areas to help them with things, and then you develop in them uh, the use, how to use the Bible. What's the fourth point? The fourth point is, <clears throat> Jim, there are specific concerns. I find that these uh, business leaders generally have one, two, or more specific concerns. Uh, for example, uh, one man who cashed out, uh, owned a uh, computer-related company, bought another company with a partner. He really wanted to learn how to use uh, the Bible and wanted to grow in his use of the Bible. Another individual that I'm serving at this point owns a large business, 
and is getting ready to transition. He's one of the even, uh, international evangelical leaders and is wants to transition into an international ministry. And we're looking at what his life should look like as he makes that transition. Um, another, uh, just recently, uh, a, a business leader had a committed employee who was not performing, an outstanding Christian, but was not performing. And we talked about what does a business owner do with a Christian employee who is not performing and probably can't perform at the level that uh, he is working in in a company. You free their future, Charles. You just have, sometimes you have to free people's future. (laughs) Yes, you know, you're right. And one of my goals is, if a person like this is let go, that they would end up with a better position than what they have inside that uh, inside their current company, and I've seen that happen more than once. Oh, and absolutely. I mean, if if the person's not a fit, and you've legitimately given a chance, and it's not because of management or lack thereof that it's impacted their lives, if it just isn't a fit, and they're or it's no longer a fit, and they're just there's not another seat in the bus for them, then you free people's future, and you're usually doing them a huge favor as opposed to letting them sit in a position that just isn't a good fit anymore. I mean, you're really doing, you're not being a good steward if you hold somebody in a position when it really doesn't fit them, or they can't handle it. I mean, that's the bottom line. All right, so let's talk about specific, sorry, that was my bottom line, that's just my perspective, I kind of jumped in there on that. I'm almost surprised at your insight there. I think you're right on the money. There's another aspect, too. If a, a Christian is kept on the payroll and is not performing, you're helping to ruin his career because he will not go out. Uh, he'll go out used to underperforming and getting paid for it in another company, and you're really uh, uh, you're really helping to ruin his career in so doing. Yeah, and that is that is so true. Yet I work with Christian business leaders all the time here in Tampa Bay that really struggle. They think that freeing people's future is not Christ-like, and 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 I would tell you that. That is exactly Christ. Like, what did Jesus do to the that rich young ruler who came to him and said, "Hey, I, I've been one of your followers. What is it? What do I got to do to get eternal life?" And he, and he and he freed that guy's future. He said, "Just sell everything and come follow me." And, and by and the, guys, the way, there's another dimension as well. Hebrews chapter eleven, where the Lord scourges every son whom he receives. The Lord, uh, and then the the pruning that's mentioned in John fifteen, five, uh, John uh, chapter fifteen. So the Lord does that to us. He treats us on the surface harshly to get to a good result. He, he does. He disciplines those he loves. That is, I, I, the scourge. Not everybody understands the scourge thing unless they're really in a medieval television. But but it is. But it is discipline and, and the adversity in our lives. God uses it all the time, and sometimes we just. I mean, I have I've seen people that, that agonize over freeing people's future which is another word for saying firing, but I'm telling you, it's not firing because you're really, you're releasing them to go find what they're truly called to do. And if you do it right, they're going to come back and thank you someday. They really are. Absolutely right. All right, so let's talk about real impact. First of all, before I get to that, we've got these three books that Charles has written, and they're a great package of books for a leader today. If you are looking for a a group of books and really attached to Life Serve Limited, being associated with a ministry, these are books that Charles has written from his heart. Praise in the time stream of our lives, beyond leadership to destiny, and long-term change in a quick-fix world. These books be a great package for a leader in your life. If you're looking for a great you know, maybe it's a great Fourth of July weekend present. Call into the studio line right now. I'd like to get these in your hands so you can bless a leader with them. 855 
All right, Charles, you working specifically with leaders. Let's talk about the impact that LifeServe Limited is having on, through Christ, is having on leaders' lives. The specific things, obviously, you got to change the names to protect the innocent, but talk about how Christ is really working through your ministry. All right, that's great. Um, just recently, uh, I began to meet with a top executive in a nationally known company, and it turned out uh, that this individual... Uh, trusted Christ right in his office, uh, which was, of course, a remarkable and a good experience for me. And at this moment, we're working intensely with him to help him make up for lost time and dig in. We're working through uh, systematic theology, the major branches of systematic theology right now with him. Um, I <clears throat> have met for several years with the uh, founder-owner of a, uh, a ver- an outstanding business, and we range over the topics uh, of interest to him. But when I first uh, I I quizzed him, and I was shocked at what I came up with. And the issue that he noted was woundedness, and we went back into his home background and worked on that issue for a while, and uh, thankfully um, there was some progress and healing in his life, uh, as he uh, is today a high-profile leader uh, with an international... uh, uh, business that works internationally. Is it so? so but Charles, have- l- let me just interrupt you for a second, because you, you mentioned the woundedness, and that's good, because a lot of leaders have been wounded. Uh, be- and, and, and sometimes leaders try to overcompensate for those wounds, but a lot of leaders have been wounded because people in leadership, they take a lot of flaming darts. I mean, they they just do because they're 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 forging ahead. Uh, when everybody says it can't be done, they try to get it done, and so they, they take a lot of uh, fiery darts. And and sometimes the great leaders in our country do have a past, and the ones that are really, truly great have dealt with and have been able to deal with the forgiveness of their past, but there's a lot of leaders out there that are wounded. So how did you uncover that this guy really had wounds from his past? Well, he was willing to admit that. We had, we, I'd known him for a while, and uh, by the way, sometimes leaders are driven out of their woundedness. If you took their their woundedness away, they'd be more normal, less driven individuals, interestingly enough. Um, and, of course, we see a continual parade of Christian leaders and others who bite the dust, and it would be so good if they had someone to whom they were accountable and could ask them the hard questions before trouble came. And that's, uh, we've had many shows about accountability and that's that, and really having a mentor. And every leader needs to have a mentor in his life, somebody that doesn't have anything to gain by the advice or the questions that are asked. You got to have somebody that can give it to you hard and not take it. That's true, Jim. And I go back in my own life and I have two sets of spiritual parents. And I say a spiritual parent is someone who loves a younger Christian and who considers them value, and they have a good future ahead of them. And these people attach value to me, and their impact, even though I've, I've been gone far beyond it for the last 40 years, they still uh, have made a permanent impact on me, and I'm so grateful for them. And, and we need to have people like that. I had the privilege of having a youth sponsor in high school that, that grabbed onto me, and he is still, he's been a missionary in South America now for over 30 years, but it is, he is always a source of encouragement for me when I finally started, when I took that step and said, no, I want to make Jesus Lord of my life in, in high school. He just grabbed onto me and never let go, even though the youth pastor said, you know what? 
I think you're full of baloney. There's no way you're really going to do this. And my sponsor, and just the volunteer said, no, I believe in Jim. I'm going to invest in him. And, and I'm eternally grateful because it, it changed my life. Talk well, Jim, I'm going to make one comment here. Uh, I, have, I have got a picture over my left shoulder. It's a dark alley in a town in Indiana, and there's a pastor with a man kneeling down in front of him. And it's the idea of this person coming in out of the wilderness. And, and in the last year, I've recognized that one of the things that drives me is seeing people come in out of the wilderness to what they can experience in Christ. And the founder of the rescue mission movement in this country was an alcoholic, I think, in New York City, who stole the shoes off of his dead daughter's feet to buy, to buy alcohol. And God can just transform people's lives. And you and I, that's one of the things that drives us to give people an opportunity for that transformation, which God can wonderfully bring about. What do you see as a common theme in leaders' lives that, that they really need to focus on or maybe turn away from in order to pursue true significance, pursue true meaning in their lives? What, what do you see as a, as a common roadblock for them? Well, one of the things, of course, is the pressure uh, of running a business uh, I sometimes say that if you own a business it's like it's like a, a mistress you go home and sleep with that mistress at, at, at night and so the pressure of running a business where if you're punching a time clock you can go home and forget it it's not your responsibility whatever happens uh, in that business as a whole so that's one of the issues that uh, people deal with the, is the time pressure and then I think another thing that frequently uh, I run up against is just taking the time to sort through and to get a hold of transforming truths um, uh, that will help filter into your business and impact your whole life. Well, you got to say that again. So you, you see the leaders really struggling with taking time to get a hold of transforming truths. I love, yeah. I love that. So explain that a little bit. That was a lot. I understand the taking time part because most leaders are so busy working in their business, they're not, they're not working on their business, taking time for themselves to enrich themselves, to actually give them breathing time away from their stupid cell phone and emails, actually taking a break, but to get a hold of transforming truths. I love that. Explain that. Well, there are, um, uh, of course, the Bible is filled with transforming truths. Um, it's interesting, in Romans eight twenty nine. what is the product that God is going to take out of this world? Well, it's people that have become like Jesus. And so the whole process of living is we are experiencing the transformation in time that will impact our eternity to the glory of God. So we've tried to take the, the 11 areas which you've referred to. Um, sometimes a person is disconnected from his own story. Um, i put a little quote some time ago with respect to this life story segment of the mentoring program. Some of us try to be a character we aren't to fulfill a role we can't. We feel like an alien character in our own lives. We have yet to come home to ourselves. We have not yet heard our own life story. And then another interesting area is some of us have uh, a lot of people, Christians, have not taken time to really work on their purpose and mission. I took about 18 months to do this in my own life. And uh, Soren Kierkegaard said, the thing is to understand myself, to see what God really wishes me to do, to find the idea for which I can live and die. 
And it's interesting, even a secular author, author like Peter Drucker said, there is nothing so useless as doing efficiently that which should not be done at all. There's a fantastic... I'm going to interrupt you there because you're, you're bringing up a point I've had on my show about 10 times. There is a local couple here in Tampa Bay that, that wrote a program or wrote a book, a workbook called Identity and Destiny, Unco- uh, uncovering exactly how God made you and what you're supposed to be doing with it. And it is a it is the most fantastic find out who you are in Christ book I've ever gone through. It is world changing. Every Christ follower should go through it and you can find it online at identityanddestiny.com. It is something, if Charles, if you had never heard of it before, you got to check it out. It is unbelievable because they, uh, it took me 16 weeks to go through it, but I got at the end of 16 weeks on September 3rd, 2013, I got my mission statement for my life. It was clear to me. It came to me at 3 o'clock in the morning, which is when the Lord tends to speak to me, because that's when I shut up the most is 3 o'clock in the morning. And, yes. and it was purposefully equipping vibrantly effective Christ followers in the workplace. Wow. And I got that 3 well, o'clock have, in the morning. I, that's, that is beautiful. Um, by the way, I have a section in the mentoring program on identity and personality. And... Um, uh, we go from we go from um, a well-known uh, evangelical author to a Roman Catholic. Here's the Roman Catholic: a person is a person insofar as he has a secret of his own that cannot be communicated to anyone else. The secrecy, the hiddenness, the solitude of his own individual being, which God alone can penetrate and understand. Here's the well-known uh, evangelical. Self-knowledge is so critically important to us in our pursuit of God and His righteousness that we lie under heavy obligation to do immediately whatever is necessary to remove the disguise and permit our real selves to be known. And our, I would, and in our world, greater is He that is living in me than He that is in the world. And we need to keep that in mind as we go off and celebrate the Fourth of July, the creation of the most incredible country on the planet, and it was founded. It was founded on biblical principles with a biblical worldview based on the truth. That's the country that we live in. That's a country where we experience the most freedom than any other country in this world recognizes. And yes, have we lost some freedoms? Absolutely. But we got to start reengaging the culture. We need to show them who the real Jesus is, not who they think religion is. We need to change this country. And it's going to be changed one Christ follower at a time, willing to make a commitment to just changing the way they think, the way Romans 12 2 describes. All right, we're talking today with Dr. Charles Haley with LifeServe Limited, found online at lifeserveltd.com. Talking about helping leaders find the clarity they require to fulfill a quest for a meaningful life. And that means a whole lot. But Charles works day in and day out with leaders trying to help them make an impact on their ministry, which is their workplace. Charles, it says on your website that you've worked with over 200 leaders in the last 20 years. What is the one thing that you wish you could just say to every leader of an organization? The thing that I would say, if you're not getting where you need to go in life, you're not successful. You may have 10 million in the bank, but if you're not getting where you need to go in life, you're not successful. Hmm. Okay, what's the second thing you tell them? Well, I, I think implicit in that is let's find out how to get there. Let's Let's find out what it means to be transformed. Let's find out what it means to fulfill the ministry. Let's find out what it means to use to, to use the business. 
with with the Lord as the God of that business and use it, you know, as an instrument. And so let's find out how to live for Christ in all of our relationships, etc. The Christian life is not a set of do's and don'ts. It is a life. And we want to learn how to live the entire life as a follower of Christ. So have them stop pursuing success, which is elusive and never attainable, to pursuing a life of significance and finding out what God really intended in their lives. That's really what you're saying. Exactly. John Ruskin said the highest reward for a person's toil is not what they get for it, but what they become by it. And even John Candy in Cool Runnings, if you're not enough without a gold medal, you will never be enough with one. Amen. And John Candy had a lot of great one-liners. It's too bad that he's not with us anymore, but he was one of my favorite comedians. And in Cool Runnings, that was a great movie, too. And about a true story, sort of. Yes, yes. All right, we've we've got your books. You know, it's one of those days where people are already probably out, out by the barbecue, barbecue. But I, I want to make sure that a leader gets these books in his hands. And so, Charles, just give us another thirty seconds on these books: "Praise in the Time Stream of Our Lives," "Beyond Leadership to Destiny," "Long Term Change in a Quick Fix World." What kind of leader needs to get these books? Well, if a leader is is serious, he needs to read "Beyond Leadership to Destiny" to get a perspective on what God is doing throughout his And we can worship the Lord in every part of our lives. So call into the studio line now, 855-265-2929, 855-265-2929. All right, Charles, as we close out, who is the perfect candidate to participate in what you do at LifeServe Limited? Well, the perfect candidate, and we hope to expand uh, beyond this, but the perfect candidate is a person who owns runs or operates a business, a committed Christian who owns, operates a business, president, CEO, owner, and who is is strongly, deeply committed to walking with Christ in his professional career, his or her, and also in life as a whole, and then who is willing to expend some time and other resources to do that, more than just the theory, but is re- willing to put his feet on the pavement. And if you want to get more information on LifeServe Limited, just go onto their website, lifeserveltd.com. And if you want to get a copy of these books written by Charles Haley, 855-265-2929. All right, we've come to the end of another I Work For Him show, and I just want to challenge you. As you're going out there this weekend, as you're going, and you may be listening to this in an archive 20 months from now, I want you to join the I Work For Him nation. And I'm not asking you to join a cult. What I'm asking you is make a commitment to start praying for your coworkers and employees each and every day. So start looking for ways to befriend them outside of the workplace so they can really develop a relationship with you. That you look for ways to serve them in the workplace, but all along being ready to pray with them when you see an opportunity in their lives where their countenance is down, where they, their attitude just seems to be a little low. And you can say, hey, can I pray with you about that? But, but be the best and brightest example of an employee in your workplace because Christ followers should be the best employees in any workplace. Go on to I Work For Him, click on 
the I Work For Him Nation flag and say, hey, I want to join I Work For Him Nation. You're listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower who owns my own business, but ultimately, I work for him.